0: Dashing for the plane, trying to make the flight Come on. Mom and Dad just made a tiny oversight ah. As they hurry home, they two robbers plan a heist But little do they know, he's got his home turf iced. Oh, yeah. Home alone, home alone, ah. trick them every way Oh what fun it is to see two birdies get found. Home alone, home alone, home oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. alone Everybody sing along. Cashing for the plane, trying to make the flight. Come on. Mom and Dad just made a tiny oversight. I can't hear you. As they hurry home, Uh two robbers plan a heist. But little do they know, he's got his home turf iced. Home alone, home alone, trick them Hello, ho, 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 and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and Family Fest of Funnies, my look at Christmas family movies such as Home Alone. Home Alone 2, Crucifixion, Santa's sleigh and Jack Frost. First up, my look at 1990's Home Alone from John Hughes. That started the whole flood of having super smart kids that lasted to the late 90's and was killed off by Scream. Then it kicked off the smarmy teen. Anyway, Home Alone brought us the kid hero icon Kevin McAllister, put by wonder kid Macaulay Culkin who milked this wise-ass kid routine uh, throughout the 90s in movies such as Richie Rich, The Good Son, and Getting Even With Dad. Thankfully, this fad derailed in the late 90s, as I cannot stand wise-ass kids, and there's no more wise-assier than Macaulay Culkin. Wise-assier? Is that a word? Well, it is now. Hmm. Anyway... On with the movie itself, with a budget of $18 million and pulling in an incredible $285.7 million. No wonder Hollywood milked this trend until the wheels fell off its Jesus. Brought to us from the voice of a generation, John Hughes, who brought us 16 candles, The Breakfast Club, at National Poon's Vacations, Weird Science, Pretty and Pink, and I can go on and on and on. Coming from Chris Columbus, who brought us Adventures in Baby Mr. State Fire, Bicentennial Man, and a few of the Harry Potter movies. So here it is: Everybody's favorite family, best festiv- of, Say that again. Everybody's favorite family film. Favorite Home Alone, starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Kathleen O'Hara, and John Heard. Uh, the plot: An eight-year-old spoiled little brat is left home alone by mistake as his family go off on their Christmas vacation. He is then left to fend off two bumbling burglars who are trying to break into his house. Can he stop them from stealing all their stuff or is Christmas going to be ruined? So the movie opens up on Home Alone title as the Joy Williams William score plays. Then on to a ridiculously huge house all lit up for Christmas as a camera goes inside do we see utter chaos as kids are running amok, surfeting on the stairs arguing whether going to sleep tonight, etc, etc standing in a hallway is one of the quote wet bandits Harry Lime, and what a bloody terrible name for a burglar played by Joe Pesci of Goodfellas Raging Bull, Lethal of Movies, JFK even, and Casino as he's dressed as a cop as what feel like a hundred people are running around ignoring him. we are just to super brat, sociopath Kevin McAllister, played by McCullough calkin of My Girl, Uncle Buck, Party Monster, and a robot chicken. As he bugs, his mother, Kate McAllister, played by Catherine O'Hara of Beetlejuice, Night Before Christmas, we a covered last December, check my archives, a series of unfortunate events, and SCTV. Also, The Great Shits Crete, and I don't know how heard, name was actually kate in this i thought it was only kevin's mom <laughs> anyway he's bitching and moaning and whining bitching and being a little brat per usual, that he cannot watch the movie because of the quote big kids Ugh, whatever so the little brat just lays full on top of her suitcase and this kid needs to be disciplined asap before you're in the attic staring at the window he talks in your voice or even worse he turned into a little bratty millennial, ugh, millennials. Well, the father, Peter, played by the late John Hurd of Big, Beaches, and Line of Fire, Pelican Brief, White Chicks and Sharknado, asks if he needs to take a powder actor to him with them to Paris for his holidays. Yes, you would have to mate. Mm. Anyway, the father actually tries to discipline this little shit, but all he does is get wise ass back talk about glue guns and fishing hooks. Like I said, this kid's a bloody sociopath. And right here is why I do not want children. Too bloody smart for their own goods. Also, in most horror films, they are the killer. Anyway, onto the uber-brat Kevin whining to anyone who will listen how to pack a suitcase. Ugh, unsurprisingly, no one in the family will listen to the poor lamb. I guess that's because he's a Dennis Minnish type and is always either being a pain in the arse or pulling pranks. So, when no one helps the little brat, he has a little tantrum on the stairway. On to Kevin's big brother Buzz, played by Devin Rattray, of Little Monsters, Law and Order, Surrogates, and The Tick Reimagining. As he asks one of the many, many, many cousins, and what are they bloody Mormons, hmm. about if French girls actually shave their armpits and down below. And yes, folks, this is a kids movie. Karen. in. walks Kevin begging him to let him sleep in his room for the night as one of the many, 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 many kid cousins in this house, Fuller, played by Corey Culkin of Father Blight. She's all that. Paperman Man and Scott Pilgrim vs the World. If he has a drink, he will wet the bed and the them are going to share the bed. And note, Curry Culkin is McCall Culkin's little brother. Being an actual douchebag older brother, he chases the little brat away. On to Old Man Marley, played by Robert Blossom. Of Escape from Alcatraz, Christine, I'm covering next month and a quick and a dead. Buzz tells a bullshit story of how he killed his family and half the block. In the 50s, and he's using their ashes to grit to melt the snow This The skis off Kevin, so he runs away. Up pulls a pizza delivery man, who, with 10 pizzas, costing $122. Wait, what? In the 90s? Get out of it. So Uncle Frank, played by Jerry Bannum of The Bodyguard, Great Expectations, Superstar and Law and Order takes a delivery but does not pay. And I'm calling bullshit that, that right there. Because I have never seen a pizza delivery man hand over the food before getting paid first. So with the family of what feels like a hundred all sit down to eat the pizzas. However Kevin misses out on his plain cheese pizza as Buzz wolfs down the last piece like a little arse what he is. Kevin throws yet another hissy fit, spills Pepsi all over the kitchen and is set up to the attic with no food for the night and he wishes his family away and by the way what the hell is he bitching and moaning at the attic looks nice and warm plus it is a huge bed all to himself and it'll be quiet for the night because nobody's in there fucking little brat anyway the next morning pandemonium as the night before a storm blew a tree branch onto the power cutting out the power to the house so in a mad rush, the 5,000 people run to catch the cabs for the airport, leaving Kevin all home alone. In a mad dash through the airport, they just make it. As back in the house, Kevin wakes up, finding his family have gone. So runs a through the house, even finding Buzzy's playgirl. And wait a minute here, this is a family movie, right? Okay then. And I just love how the fact that the parents are in first class while the kids are in cattle class aka coach, Hmm, the world's worst family. So since he's finished trashing the place and playing with Buzzy's BB gun, which is an alarming great shot at, he sits down to watch his favourite movie, which is a black and white gangster movie. Yeah, because eight year olds love to sit down and watch black and white movies. Hmm and note, for years I thought this was a real movie, but nope, it's a fake one. We're watching this, Kevin down a breakfast of ice cream, marshmallows, chocolate sauce, le chips and Pepsi, and an upset stump for him and throwing up for hours later. Hmm. Meanwhile, back on the plane, Kevin's mum can't shake the feeling she's forgot something. And then it hits her, little darling Kevin. Back in the house, the bad influence to a generation of kids, Kevin, goes sledding down the staircase out the front door. And no doubt, in real life, breaking every single bone in his body. Hmm. But note, Michael Culkin's stunt double was a 30-year-old man. So that night, we meet the other wet bandit, Marv Merchants. A terrible name for a bloody gangster, dear god, a gangster, but cat Played my Daniel Stern of City Slickers, Rookie of the Year, Wonder Years, and Shit's Creek as I sit in the middle of the street, watching all the automated lights turn on, I then focus on Kevin's house, a.k.a. the Silver Tuna. Because this house is the biggest in the street, and why is this so? It has three floors and a basement, multiple bedrooms, a two-car garage, three sitting rooms, and it only has a family of five, not 15. Why do Americans need to have such huge, ridiculous houses? Jesus, jinkies. As Kevin watches the Grinch that stole Christmas on TV after eating all the junk food, uh, junk food even in the house, do Marv and Harry try to break in. Kevin hears this and runs around turning on all the lights and then hides under his mother's bed. Uh, the plane finally lands in Paris, so the whole family run to get to the telephones to call everyone in her huge file of fax and for my younger listeners, a file of fax was a diary phone book, day planner address book, all in one and was a yuppies best friend back with Kevin, who is still under a bed, so he's been under it all night, hmm. he runs outside to yell at the top of his lungs obnoxiously he's not afraid anymore he sees old man Marley, so he runs back inside and hides under a bed yet again Meanwhile, in Paris, Kevin's mom finally calls the local police in Chicago and it must have cost her a bloody pretty penny. But the police don't believe her and pass around the phone tree system and it's just typical. Finally, the police send a black and white to the house, but Kevin's too scared to open the door, so the cop just pisses off after one knock at the door. In Paris, the father fails to get a flight back to the States with the desk clerk telling him there's nothing until Friday, two days away. However, if the mother wants to wait, she'll be put on the emergency waiting list. Off the rest of the horde of family go back to the brother's house in Paris. As back in the house the next morning, as Kevin talks to himself in a mirror about how he had showered and whatever the hell it was, he then dries himself off and puts some aftershave on for the very first time. It burns! That's why he one using bloody old spice. So he screams in the mirror. And I got to see 35 minutes in and McCulkin's scream is driving me up the bloody wall. Kevin still buzzes raining day money after trashing his room to go shopping. And I'm roughly the same age as McCulkin and even as a kid watching this in 1991, I found this movie to be far-fetched. You're trying to tell me any close-knit community as this, the curtain twitchers wouldn't be straight on the phone to social services or the police. Also, why didn't Kevin just go to one of the neighbours' houses and ask for help? Karen, you cannot tell me this huge street. No one is actually at home during Christmas time. Just how rich is a Chicago suburb for crying out loud? Anyway, with Kevin out all on his lonesome with his little mitts attached to a string Marv and Harry are cleaning out a neighbour's house. It's hear via the answering machine that they hear the McAllisters are in Paris. In a local mom and pop store, Kevin annoys the cashier asking if the toothbrush was approved by the American Dental Association. Who cares, just buy it ready. you'll be tossing it when mummy returns anyway, just buy the fucking thing. <laughs> Old man Marley walks in with a bloodied hand for no reason. This freaks out Kevin so he runs out with the toothbrush making him a shoplifter because it's a great influence on kids right there. Kevin runs with the dollar toothbrush and is chased by a cop so he slides on his knees over a frozen pond no doubt ripping open his jeans and knees at the knee back with harry and marv as marv floods the kitchen by running the taps and blocking the sink hence their name the wet bandits that's a bloody stupid idea because now the police know which ones have broken into and which one have flooded anyway upon leaving the now flooding house harry almost runs over kevin in their van Harry smells at him, showing off his one gold tooth. Kevin recognizes him, so Harry follows him in his van. Kevin, a what else, runs to a church to hide in the manger. Get him. So that night, Kevin sets up dummies to look like people partying, scaring off the world's dumbest criminals. Because, you know, an eight-year-old is smart enough to figure out all this and a mummy's boy at that. Right then. Meanwhile, in Paris, the family are watching the French-dubbed version of It's a Wonderful Life, one of the most overrated Christmas movies ever. The father tries in vain to get help, but can't speak French, so it goes nowhere. Yet his brother can speak French perfectly, so why not take the phone, idiot? One of the many, many kids frets about Kevin all alone, but buzzed over douchebag, shoots her down, saying he was a little jerk and needs his ass kicked by life yeah but not at eight year you don't you little twit uh, back with kevin that night and more pizza delivery and why isn't he fat hmm which he skis off by playing back other fake movie to him showing the gunfire and the infamous speech about leave the blah 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 and the machine gun blah, blah 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 crap and how did kevin make the sword in the first place i know when i was younger and my voice hadn't broke yet I could never get taken seriously, let alone order a fecking pizza. So because Kevin is a little selfish brat, this pizza delivery guy is down 20 bucks. Back in Paris, Kevin's mom tries to get on a plane to Dallas by flogging her jewels, first class plane tickets and $500 in cash. This works and now she's penniless heading back to the states. Forgive me if I'm wrong because my geography might be a bit rusty here, but Chicago isn't in Dallas. In fact, maybe about 9,000 miles away. So how in the blue hell is she going to get from Dallas to Chicago with no money? Or credit cards or anything because the f- bloody father has that and the brother has the checking kit or whatever. Oh dear God. <clears throat> Back with Kevin as he's all tucked up in his mother's bed missing his mummy and daddy. Oh, the poor little lamb. Next morning, yet more talking to himself in a mirror. Quit it, you are not Alfie and or bloody Ferris Bueller. And on to more shopping, and this time at a supermarket. And how does he afford this? After all, he only took like 40 bucks from Buddy's life savings. With the cashier asking him where his parents are, Kevin, the wise ass, just answers every one of her little questions with a smug remark. Yeah, bullshit. The cops would have been called, and he'd be taken to social services. Wait, what am I saying? This was a late 80s, early 90s. No one gave a toss what happened to the two kids. In fact, when I was a kid, On school holidays, I was kicked out of the house at 9am and told not to come back until the lights came on, that street lights that came on, and given two quid to get something to eat, not to return home unless I was seriously injured, which I only did once when I broke my shin bone. But anyway, enough about how terrible the 80s and 90s was, back to this movie. All the groceries he buys. Costs only nineteen dollars eighty three cents. Yeah, a pizza costs twelve bucks? Yeah right. And also note he's buying bloody branded goods here. How the hell is a groceries cheaper than a fucking pizza oh, excuse me, a pizza? That afternoon, as Kevin does chores, yeah, because eight year olds do chores. Harry sends Marv to scout out the house, but he is scared off by Kevin again playing the tape of the gangster movie with the gunfire and firecrackers in a pot. In Dallas. Kevin's mom tries in vain to get a flight to Chicago, and here she catches a ride with poker band leader Gus Polinski, played by the late great John Candy of The Blues Brothers, a movie I covered two years ago. Check my archives. Uncle Buck, Spaceballs, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Cool Runnings, and SCTV. Back with Kevin, and the fun part of the movie begins at the 58 minute mark of an hour and 40 minute movie. Anyway, Kevin sets up his little traps, including soaking the back staircase with water, causing it to form ice when it freezes, setting up the hot wheels on the staircase, smashing the glass Christmas baubles and placing them under the windows, and setting up paint can traps, not to mention just a few. Wait, hold the phone here. Kevin goes to see Santa Claus first. What the f? Wee? to ask the mole santa to pass a message to the real santa that instead of presents this year, he wants his family back because i guess he's learned his lesson <laughs> as kevin walks home alone he sees families having their christmas eve parties so why not just knock the bloody front door and ask for help you stupid little twerp but nope he goes home to set up yet more traps little shit but not before going to church because an eight year old in church all by himself late at night is a great idea also kids go to church i don't think so anyway he sees old man marley but surprise surprise he's not an evil serial killer but a nice old man and he tells kevin all his worries and woes that he hasn't spoke to his son in 20 years because you know old men love to tell eight-year-olds that they've seen wandering around the town for a week all their worries and woes and get this kevin gives him some advice to call his son and say sorry i forgot his the holidays and the old man takes this advice. What the actual So, finally, in the last 25 minutes or so, the reason why this movie was so popular and successful, The Traps and Slapstick, as Kevin pulls out his battle plan to defend his house, and note, this plan was drawn by McCulkin himself. Call a rather no, a whatever. So in less than an hour, he sets up all these traps, including tarring the back staircase, putting a barbecue starter heater on a doorknob, setting up nails in the staircase, and a death slide to his treehouse about sixty feet away or so. Mm. So it begins the slapstick violence as Kevin shoots Harry in a ball so BB gun up close and extremely personal, no doubt making him lose a testicle. But then shooting Marv in the face up close and personal. Harry then slips on the frozen front steps as Marv slips down the back basement steps and breaking his coccyx no doubt. Marv tries the basement door but it's wide open, so in he walks and is whacked in the head by an iron as it falls down the laundry chute, probably breaking his nose. Next Harry burns his hand on a barbecue heater which is on the front doorknob, and then falls down the back, of the, the sorry, falls down the front stairs again. All the while, Kevin's running around celebrating because he's a little bloody sociopath, as I said. Marv is now inside, has loft, lost both his shoes in the tar trap, and is now barefoot, so he stands on one of the many nail traps as it goes through his foot. Seriously, this little kid needs bloody help. Up next... Marv gets his head roasted via a blowtorch at the back door. And note this stunt was done for real. Although not by Peshi himself, however. Mm. Now inside the house Harry is pissed, so he hunts down Kevin and is tarred and feathered. Okay then. Meanwhile, Marv sees an opening an open window, so enters only to step on glass Christmas baubles and note, these were actually candy and Daniel Stern actually stood on his on these with his bare foot, and I would have took the glass frankly, not a bloody candy, kind of a pain in it. and moving on, both inside the house, they go after Kevin, only to fall on his mega machines with Kevin mocking them, you guys gave up, are you thirsty for more, what a little shit, next up, the pink can dive bombs to the face, first Marv gets it, then Harry gets it, okay, did this little kid watch it on Elm Street and take notes, finally, Ten minutes later, Kevin calls the cops. What do you call the cops straight away for crying out loud? As Harry takes another pratfall over a tripwire, Marv grabs Otto Twat by the leg, so he places Buddy's pet spider on top of him. And note, this was a real scream from Daniel Stern, as his tarantula still had its poison sack. Kevin does the death slide Well, a bad stunt that was anyway, and is now outside. So, Harry and Marv follow him as Kevin cuts the rope. Now they both smash into the house, breaking every bone that isn't broken already. Kevin finally runs to a neighbour's house. Too bad, Harry and Merv have already broken in and flooded the place and catch little Kevin. Luckily for Kevin, the house is old man, old man Marlies and old man knocks out the bumbling cat with a snow shovel to the face. The cops show up and cart away the two idiots with Merv screaming about how they're the wet bandits and now the cops know every house they've broken into. Kevin just stands there and waves them off. So wait, the cops don't take in Kevin for being all alone at 8. No social workers, no judges, nothing. They just take up of these two catbugglers, caring. That night, Kevin leaves out milking cookies for Santa and goes to bed. The next morning, it's Christmas. Oh, God. It's Christmas. Kevin runs out to see his family is still gone. Then finally, the mother arrives home in the back of the rental truck she rented back in... Dallas. She runs inside, uh, inside the house and smothers Kevin in hugs and kisses. Seconds later, the family walk in and it's happily ever after. Or is it? As Buzz finds his room totally trash. As credits roll. So, that was Hobalone. Far too sweet for its own good. And for a kiddie movie, this is not kiddie friendly. It has playgirl, slapstick, violence, etc, etc. And this thing is also far too long for its own good. It had huge chunks that could have been cut out and it has 50 minutes of actually funny bits. And I swear to God, Kevin McAllister is a little sociopath and is a complete and utter bad influence on all children. Watch this movie. In fact, I'm pretty sure multiple kids did the whole sliding down the staircase in a sleigh thing and... Most of the time, in fact, all of the time, the stuff that Kevin does is completely unrealistic for an eight-year-old. However, in saying all of that, I'm going to give this thing six ho-ho-hos out of ten. So come back next week for Home Alone 2 and for the rest of the months for more festive funnies. Don't forget to leave a like, comment and subscribe to my SoundCloud, SoundCloud even. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me moose suggestions to Here's Johnny Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my franchise podcasts of Star Wars, Mad Max, Gremlins, The Fly and more. Also check out my solo podcasts of Batman Returns, Lethal Weapon 1, Die Hard and uh, many more. And a uh, bye.